I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now hey. we don't want to live in the equator, but, you know. We've got a full complement of Chris's now. We do. Uh, Whoa. Hooray. Look at that beard. My quick time set up. Quick Tim. Now we're recording. Always fails the first time and then does the second just fine. Don't know why that's the pattern we have to follow, but it Clear is. one out of the chamber first. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. As long as the second one works, that's all that matters. <laughs> um. And welcome back to RTFB. This is Travis, and today Chris, other Chris, and I are finally shaking off our winter break and are ready to get into our next book. This season we're reading Kindred by Octavia Butler, and I just want to jump directly to the end and say we all really loved reading this fucking book. So if you don't have it in hand yet, as soon as this gets done, run to your library or local bookstore and get involved. I don't even want to hold you up any longer than it takes to listen to this episode. So let's get back to my conversation with the Chris's right the F now. Yeah, uh, side note, every time I've taken them on go-karts, like, there mm-hmm. is always a catastrophic crash. Really? Yeah, because they, tra- they don't train you how to use brakes. They just yell brakes. Mm, that's the people true. who work there, they just yell brakes and expect kids who haven't driven to know what that means. And so there's always at least one kid coming into pit. It's like smacks right into someone full speed nice. always and it's not Should always be... my kids it's always a kid though a kid yeah <laughs> like, to be fair kid. i don't think i went on go-karts before i knew how to drive yeah like happenstance yeah. it just didn't happen so then i was yeah. like oh cool i know how to do this yeah that was that was uh same thing for me i think the first time i actually uh rode on a go-kart it was like um i think I think they had two sets of go-karts, and there was one that you could only ride if you were 16 or over. Oh, yeah. 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 Usually and on so, the more complicated track. And so so I only was able to do that one. I never mm-hmm. did the ones <laughs> for the younger kids. Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah. Well, they're fun, but my kids are like, how come you don't want to drive every time we do it? I'm like, A, whiplash. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. B, it's a, little, it's a little less fun when you have an actual car. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. <laughs> a little less. Have, have to agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, mine goes way faster than this. And wherever <laughs> I want it to go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't recover as well from crashes, though. So That's no. true. That. That's true. Guess there's that. But maybe if you had a big, springy bumper around it, it would be a little better off. Yeah. So. Maybe. 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 You might be on something. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big springy bumpers for cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Camping no, platform. no. I'm I'm like I'm thinking ones. about I'm thinking <laughs> about like uh do the do the bumper car thing, you know, yeah. but with full-size cars. <laughs> right? Like basically yeah. have have like a a demolition derby that yeah. you can just like ride like a carnival ride. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fine idea. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> yep. No Just sign a lot of waivers, get the yep. the harnesses yep. and stuff, you'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. It'll be fine. Or it oh, won't. Yeah. 
or it won't. But hey, if you signed the waiver, you knew that going in, right? Exactly. It's all your yep. fault now. Yep. Mm-hmm. You definitely understood all of the consequences when you signed the waiver. Right, because humans are so good at that. It was it was definitely fully explained to you. Totally. And you had plenty of time to read every word of it. Yep. Just like those carnival rides. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't yeah. go on those carnival rides. Any ride that can be in a different state the next day, I don't ride. I just don't yeah. do it. Some of them are okay, but others I would not. Nope. It just depends on the carnival, really. Don't trust it. Don't trust yeah. it. Uh, I also noticed that the top of uh, Reddit on All Today mm-hmm. was a post from the Kirksville uh, paper. Oh, yeah. Talking about how the aquatic center has um, so much water in it, and they're saying like 120 of these pools would make up the same size as the ocean. Uh, like, uh, no. Uh, no, no, I think you what? miscalculated. <laughs> no, I think you don't understand how big the ocean is, guys. How, how much water do they think the aquatic center has? How deep is the pool in that place? <laughs> yeah, I never went, so I never got. To I didn't find either. Out. I drove by it a hundred times, but I never I went. I always wanted to go, but I never did. <laughs> Could be to it... the center of the earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I think someone mentioned they mistook uh, like gallons for cubic kilometers oh. of water. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. If if a gallon is a cubic kilometer, then maybe, but but no, you're still still orders of magnitude wrong. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Good old Kirksville. Yeah. <laughs> I just <sighs> laughed though because one of the top comments was like, "This was written by someone at Pancake City at three in the morning." Ah, nice. Somebody knows. Someone else knows the secrets to Kirksville. That's where you go. Yep. And that's to the time avoid to do studying. it. Yep. yep. <laughs> to write a shitty paper and turn them in. I would so. say I wrote most of my paper about medieval fart jokes there. Oh, yeah. So, from my Chaucer class. So Stick your ass on this wheel and divide your fart equally among all your friends. <laughs> Something like that. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, with that me. was some stuff that I looked up. <laughs> On the whole, the gist was it was a safe form to ridicule yeah. superiors and stuff like that. Yes, so. I remember your thesis being fart jokes are always funny. Yes. Even in they've, medieval times. They've yeah. never not been funny. It's As true. My favorite teacher, my senior year English teacher, told us at the end of the year, he said, gentlemen, I don't care what anyone tells you, farts will always be funny. Yeah. <laughs> And that is an ethos I, I took to heart. Yep. Yep. So, Mr. Seward, if you that. ever find this podcast, <laughs> I We're still sorry. think of your wisdom every day. We're so sorry. <laughs> I, think he, I think I just read in the alumni news he just retired. So, oh wow, it's like good for him. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. And congratulations for reading the alumni newspaper. I just throw mm-hmm. it out. Oh, they the one they send us isn't always great, but the email we get an email too. Oh. So the email has the juicier bits. Now, we used to have, like, two magazines. We had one just for the alumni, yeah, which was called Estovir, which was our school motto. What? And then one that was for the parents. Estovir? Then, like, yeah. I've never heard that before. To to be a man or be <laughs> a man. Okay. Stuff like that. Um, so, our, you know, wait, Catholic our, schools have we Latin stole our, We stole our model from Mulan. No. <laughs> Chaminade has had it longer. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, you're so talking about Shamanad. Okay, Shamanad's yeah. motto. I Not thought we were still talking about Truman. No, Shamanad. Okay, I'm with you now. Sorry. Uh, Truman, I don't know what, remember, there's probably, there's, it was the state of Missouri, so who knows? Yeah. Um, I'd have to look on a, our diploma. But uh, Shamanad, so yeah, then they combined them like eight years after I graduated. So now we get like half of it is shit that only parents would care about. And the other yeah. half is like actual relevant to alumni. But they keep cutting back on stuff. Like, I got really mad. I'm going to just send them shit, like... It used to be we could just send an email to, like, update stuff, put it in the alumni newsletter about updates about us. Yeah. Well, then they changed it. Like, you have to submit things, and, like, if you're posting a, a death notice, you have to send, like, a copy of the paper, notice in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, not everybody does that, folks, because I didn't yeah. have one for my uncle or my cousin. Yeah, and it costs money. Yeah. And I'm like... I would like to l- let the community know that my grandmother died like five years ago. Yeah. And my uncle, who was an alumni, died four years ago. And my cousin died. But I'm not going to go through that whole rigmarole and call up the office and be like, I don't have shit for that. Just put it in there. Yeah. Like, it should be easy still. Like, just here, email us with this headline and we'll put it in. I'm right. like, what are you doing? You're making sure that people disengage. And they got. I heard they got rid of the best perk alumni have that nobody uses anyways. Except for me a few times, is we were supposed to get free lunch for life. Like, oh, what? After graduating. And we had that for like 15 lunch? years. Like, and I did. The few times I went back, I went to see Mr. Smith. He also just retired, so I probably won't be going back anymore. Oh. Um, and we got free lunch. Free lunch. Oh. What the hell? It was like, but nobody used it, but they got rid of it. I'm like, guys, this costs you like maybe $100 a year because like nobody's going back and eating their free lunch. <laughs> so, like, why'd except you get for, rid of it? Except for the one guy who went every day yeah <laughs> well that was my solution i'm like if i ever become homeless or something yeah. as long as school's open i can at least get lunch i can yeah. probably get breakfast too <laughs> yeah just use my alumni benefit and then maybe ask if i could go use a shower in the gym or something don't ask just do it <laughs> but they got rid of it i'm like you guys like what All is the, the incentive like to be connected to my guy? school yeah they would be like i just oh, wear my just... class ring it fits again i'm like look i went here that's Long ass Chris. time ago. You weren't even born yet, so don't worry about it. <laughs> you just find an empty classroom and sit down at the desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. You're auditing the bring a bring a notebook and just yeah, I'm nod along the with class. the teacher and scribble notes every once in a while. <laughs> so that would put me out of place because all the kids have laptops and shit. So they're like, "Who's this guy with the notebook? <laughs> Paper. Paper." Yeah, I'm like, you guys are getting rid of any reason of why I would come here. <laughs> like to see the school as an right. as someone who graduated because all the rest of the time they're like well hey we have like a little party in the beginning of the year for all the alumni see we like you guys yeah. here's a barbecue and like come yeah. to the football game that's it we don't even organize your reunions you have to do that yeah so i'm like we paid you we all paid you guys like tens of thousands of dollars every year <laughs> for six years like uh-huh. and that's all you can do like sorry you wonder why you have like minimal alumni yeah. Like people at your school, like, come on. Right. <laughs> Making it harder just to engage with the school, and then we just don't. Yeah. That's basically all the communication I get from Truman either as an alumni. It's like, don't you want to give us more money? I get the magazine every now and then. Uh, again, I throw it out. But all I of, like to read it, see what's going on at Truman. Yeah. All of the uh, <laughs> alumni communications for Rala are like. Hey, check out all of the interesting research that all of our professors are doing. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. actually kind of useful. They're like, hey, check out our explosives guy who's doing explosive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Or, hey, check out um, 
our professor who's uh, working on uh, moon mining problems. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's cool. Like, oh, I, I contributed to that way back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Nice. Like oh, other so- mm-hmm. random, like, materials stuff. Like, hmm. apparently a lot of uh, materials science. Yeah. Doing a lot of interesting shit in that space. Neat. I wish, I wish they did that at UMSL for school social work. Yeah. yeah, they all do research on relevant social work topics. I'd like to know what they're up to, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I get a, hey, we're offering this course thing for CEUs if you want to do it. I'm like, uh, I don't live there. Does and the department have, have a Does the department have a pink sheet? I don't know. Oh, okay. Cuz <laughs> cuz in the in the math department they used to have a pink sheet. I don't know if they still do, but it was basically a list of all of the seminars. Uh Basically, all of the all of the um, professors who were doing research, they'd have seminar each week. Oh, that's neat. Where they would they would discuss in different groups, like uh, their ongoing research, and so they'd have a pink sheet that was a schedule of all of the different seminars and what they were going to be discussing that week. I would imagine if they had something like that now, it would only be there though, so I would not see it or hear about it. Mm. So, it's unfortunate. Maybe they live stream some of them. I don't know. They don't tell me anything, so who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe they have a Twitch channel. (laughs) That would be great. Right. They could do a Let's Play on their social work. Mm Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Yep. Um, Did you guys see any good movies over the winter break? I didn't go out to see any. But did you see them still? We did watch the Glass Onion movie last week. Ooh, I like that, that was pretty so much. good. Yeah, did really we fun. talk about that already or no? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, well, we saw that one too, yeah. Ooh, and, it was uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, you, liked, uh, if you liked Knives Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, Absolutely. It's more of that. Yep. <laughs> and it's very good. It is very, very good. See if you agree with me here. Best character, Dave Bautista's mom. <laughs> casually Excellent solving choice. their puzzle box from the other room without even looking at it right yes yeah. <laughs> i mean that is that is mom's right yep. you know <laughs> thought it was really really good mm-hmm. and uh yes very thoughtfully crafted as well mm-hmm. oh yes extremely which i've come to expect from these now like not only mm-hmm. a decent mystery thing but uh the whole analogy of the fugue Mm-hmm. Yeah, layering back on it, the melody on itself to have a different meaning. I'm like smart. Yep. yep I wish yep. I was smart. Like some people are smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. Um, did you okay. see the the avatars on the exact opposite end of the spectrum of smart? No, no. because it's three plus hours long. <laughs> we went. It's hard that. to really find time, and like I would like to see it, but yeah. it's a commitment. Yeah, it is. And I just haven't made it yet. <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, it I looks have, good. I it's like made like no, half its no budget desire. back already. Yeah. So, yeah. made all the money. I think my kids had the right idea. They're like, we went to the thing in Disney World and that was better. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because yeah. you didn't have to deal with this shitty story. And it was like <laughs> an actual 3D. Right. So, uh, so Le- 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 Levi didn't even go. Just Simon's like, I guess I'll go see it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh,. Yeah, I saw that picture. It's like he's just here for the popcorn, for the snacks. <laughs> he was in. He was. He was interested. 
mm-hmm. which is weird because usually when we do movies at home, he's like, you guys watch it. I'm staying downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right, care dude. what you're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Too independent now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also saw Babylon, which I thought was really good. Oh, yeah. It was also like three hours long. Mm-hmm. And you felt it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, uh, I think I told Danielle, it's like that one episode of Futurama where Zoidberg's uncle makes a movie. He's like, put more shit in this. <laughs> Could somebody be throwing a pie in this scene? Like, what? Right. <laughs> Let's keep adding to it. But uh, mostly I thought it was really good. The, the yeah. ending was weird to me. Like, they could have cut the whole ending off and been like, okay. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it oddly had Avatar in it. Anyway. <laughs> not really a spoiler, but there is kind of like a montage at the end that, like, okay. That was weird. Okay. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. That seems to be the general consensus I've heard from those who have seen it. It's just that yeah. it's weird. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, every single minute of it, I'm like, this is pretty good. But when you put it all together, I'm like, but something needs to get cut out of it. <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but something mm-hmm. needs to come out of it. But uh, best Tobey Maguire movie I've seen in a while. Yeah. He was pretty that awesome That was the that. intriguing looking part from the commercials yeah. I saw was Tobey yeah. Maguire's character. And so. soundtrack was awesome, too. Cool. Well, someday yeah. I'll probably watch it. Yeah. But... It'd be a great one to be able to pause and like walk away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought later. about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, you know, like <sighs> every right. everything I've seen of that movie, like I feel like I'm never going to be in the mood to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to relive the time when the movies went from uh, went to having sound. No, no, old school Hollywood no, filming I'm, out. I'm, others do it better. I, I, I'll just <laughs> others do I'll, homages better. I'll I'll watch uh, Singing in the Rain. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, basically, that's uh, what we discovered it was about, basically. It was like a retelling of that story. Because they yeah. even like have homages to specific parts of Singing in the Rain in the mm. movie. So. Yeah. But if you wanted like the dark, gritty version, then you could watch Babylon instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see when it comes out because I keep seeing the trailers on YouTube that Renfield movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I just yeah. saw that. That was uh, trailer that is hilarious. Nicholas Cage, and Nick being Cage, Nicolas Cage. Is Dracula. <laughs> like that's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. and now you'll understand so. all the references too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I read that book once. Right. You can say. <laughs> Still glad I read it. Yeah. Uh. This is also not, it was kind of on the cusp of the holiday break, but we also saw The Menu. Oh yeah, we just which, watched that the other which night. Which was awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. that quite a bit. Yeah. I thought it was a uh, great, not only just a good movie on its service, but I thought the the message I took away from it being like, would you fuckers just like stop? Yeah, right. <laughs> Could you just Seriously. Stop? Especially the guy who was like the uh, the foodie. Yeah, the foodie boyfriend. When yeah, they made him like. Well, you try cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was that was one of my one of my absolute favorite jokes in the movie. Is yeah, you know when they're when they're presenting the dishes. Yeah, and giving the short little <laughs> description of it. Yeah, 
And like, yeah, like they show the thing he made and it just says like Tyler's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was so that good. Sounds great. Yeah. The audience we saw it wasn't so great. So I felt like a jackass being the only one laughing at some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they caught up with it eventually. That's yeah. good. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I think that's on uh, HBO Max now. So go see it that. It is. Hmm. Yeah. Really good. Anyway, um, so we got a new, we got a book, right? We do. Yeah. And like, I'll throw out here, I've been trying to avoid as many spoilers as possible for this. Same. Uh, but other Chris, you've read this before, right? I have. Okay. So don't spoil us. All right. Okay. I'll do my best. <laughs> so I vaguely am aware there's time travel here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, between uh like the 70s right and when it like came out. the civil war era so the question for you both is if you could time travel to visit a prior generation of your family who would it be and when would that be that's tough it is tough so I'm i'll give you a torn second. between going back to when my like grandparents were born mm-hmm so meeting the great grandparents and meet, seeing them as like babies, mm-hmm. or going super far back, picking the one branch and going back to the pilgrim ancestor and be like, "Why did you come to the new world?" <laughs> yeah. So how dare you? <laughs> no, I just be like, just "What's lying. it like living in this time and place you. that you'd be compelled yeah. to ride in a rickety boat for like two months to cross <laughs> right. the ocean to come to some place you know zero about?" Right. That's scary as shit, living on the edge of the forest <laughs> on the beach. Yeah. So, but I think it'd be a little more interesting. Ooh, that'd be fascinating uh, to go, like, to go to the when my grandparents were born and yeah, kind of see the world and the how the family was doing in like the 1920s, right? And what it was like for them and kind of get to know their parents better and see, like, I'd see them as little ones. Yeah. So, yeah. Get a grasp of that period of their life. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. What say you, other Chris? Man, I I mean it's a it's a very difficult question. Yeah, and you only like, choose one. Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the, like like some of the more some of the more interesting stuff that I think is probably in my uh, family history. Like a lot of it's uh, probably pretty violent and unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> so like I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, oh man, the world used to suck, huh? <laughs> it did, <laughs> like, kind of the, the time period. Kind of the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Everything was worse in the past. I think it'd be like, interesting, though, to be on the planet when there's just so few humans. Yeah. Right? Like, like I said, even if it's 100 years ago, we'd only just hit 2 billion. Right? Yeah. Like... And that was a lot of people for them. I'm like, that's like so few now. Right. <laughs> like, right. What's it like to be in a world like that? What's yeah. it like to be in a world where, like, uh, even the biggest cities are just kind of, like, medium-sized? Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I always love, like, you go back in time, like, when I was doing all my Cahokia stuff. Uh-huh. And Cahokia, in, like, 1200, was one of the biggest cities in the world, and it was 20,000 people. Wow. Yeah. So, it's, just, it's what we consider, like, a smallish town. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know? Or a small city, really, not maybe a town, but a small no. city. 
Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and that was a big city on the world. Not the biggest, but one of the biggest at that right. time period. Like, the only places you have bigger ones are, like, London was a little bit bigger, and they probably had some in China. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. everybody else had cleared out because the Roman Empire had fallen, plagues had happened, things like that. You yeah. know, so we weren't back up to the millions yet in cities in most of the world. Right. Yeah. But I just can't imagine, like, what would it be like to be on a planet still affected by humans, but just so, just much fewer of us, like, fewer <laughs> people. Yeah. Yep. Probably a lot quieter. Probably. And stinkier. That's what I'm thinking. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, if you're in a city, it would be. And like one of the one of the things that's kind of crazy is uh, uh, again, you know, I always I always end up taking things back to like uh, Romantic period French literature, mm-hmm. and one of the things that was possible at that point in history that's like very difficult now is you could just like fuck off to the wilderness Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like there was wilderness to fuck off to yeah like kind of close by yeah yeah like you didn't have to go hundreds of miles to find it (laughs) uh but you know like like uh chateaubriand Uh (laughs) like uh like did you know fuck off to to the americas yeah yeah it was chateaubriand yeah um but yeah, just like like you could you could leave and there's still all of this untouched stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's it's harder and harder to find like an area where you're completely out of the sphere of influence of people. Right. Right, right. So did you choose? <laughs> oh my god. I think I think the thing from a historical <laughs> perspective that would be the most interesting at least is like uh probably uh probably Viking ancestors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but like I cool. said, like I said, that also would probably be like horribly fucking violent. <laughs> maybe maybe That's kinda what they're famous on, for, like, right? A, on a like a calm day. I mean, you'd have some stuff, but most of the time, too, like, they didn't go raiding all the time every year, all, all oh, yeah. parts of the year. Like, yeah. you'd just be at home doing farm stuff. Right. You know, do some festivals. Yeah. Sacrifice I'm, I'm some gonna... animals, you know. Or some people. But, but everybody did that, so. <laughs> at some one people, point in time. Some animals, you know. People were a little more different, because I feel like I was reading there's only, there was one Viking festival where that could happen, but it only happened, like, every eight years. Yeah. yeah. So it was enough that people would experience it, but it wasn't common, common, mm-hmm. you know, just the rating got violent. That's just more of a show of force, you know, yeah. just like, Hey, this is our culture. This is what we do. Like, they're like, man up next year, push back. You might yeah. win, <laughs> you know, probably not, but you might. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we'll respect you for the fight. Fair play. Yeah. Shake hands. We respect you. <laughs> We took all your gold. <laughs> yep, took all your gold, but that's because you couldn't hold on to it, so, you know. Leave you a good Yelp review. Right. <laughs> this place has great gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me, like, I think it would be interesting, like you're saying, if I went back to, uh, I think it would be my third great-grandfather on my dad's side, mm-hmm. who moved from England to Canada. 
Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool to to go see what that was like when they first got established in Ontario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although uh, I think I would probably end up doing my mom's mom's mom. So my great grandma on my mom's side. Uh, since my grandma was adopted mm-hmm. and had a sealed adoption. So we don't really know where her, her actual family's from. So oh, ah. interesting. So that'd be a interesting thing to find out. Like, can you do uh, some of the genetic testing and get some clues? I thought about it. Yeah. But then, but then I'm lazy as shit. So all gotcha. you gotta do is spit in a tube. Yeah, but again, like I have they to made order it, it. You don't even have the cheek swab anymore. You can just spit <laughs> the tube and mail it off. Yeah. Uh, I did do a different genetic test recently, and it wasn't that Probably bad. But health. I still had to go find a FedEx thing to put it into. And See, even if that was 20, a bit of a hassle. You just do, order your 23andMe kit. Do they give you everything? Yeah. Because that's what or, I did. It, it's I think, interesting to do that. Like yeah. I've enjoyed it the years since I've done it. They update their data when they get more of a pool yeah bigger pool of dna stuff so it's pretty neat yeah i think i think if you do it like through uh through ancestry they'll actually compare you with other people that opt in oh, and yeah. you could you could find people that you're actually related to yeah, recently i did, I did on 23 and me that's how i yeah like, i didn't yeah. really know any of my mom's family cousin like the hams and stuff yeah, yeah. and i've met talked to people and related to and that's how i figured out my Great great grandfather, who was hopefully going to be providing me with Luxembourg citizenship, had uh, <laughs> eight fucking kids. Wow! And mm-hmm. yeah, prolific. It was from that I talked to people there, and then I got on Ancestry and found out stuff. So yeah, but it was neat because it's all these people like I didn't know, and there's some chicky out in Hollywood, yeah. Rebecca Ham, who's married some dude who has cute kids and shit like i talked to her a bit about stuff because i'm like we're all like third cousins yeah yeah and she was one of the first links she's not doesn't have her profile on 23 anymore but she's on instagram oh, so i don't really talk to her that much but every now and then i'm like hey remember me <laughs> like here's that stuff i meant to send you three years ago <laughs> sorry yeah uh-huh. so so i i so you find out stuff like that by doing that yeah i i will throw out one spoiler for this book okay mm-hmm. And that is that um, black people going into their ancestry are not having as pleasant a time thinking right. about it. <laughs> and it's hard to find stuff. Like, I can't right. find anything, like, on my dad's side. Yeah. That uh-huh. direct male ancestor guy that gave us our, our Y chromosome, he's he's black. Yeah. He was brought over. He was trafficked here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, and you can't find stuff in our family for the Goinses past a certain point in time. Yeah. Because the records weren't good, and since they were mixed families, they were, on some senses, they were free people of color. Right. Like, mm-hmm. they went through the whole process to become white. Exactly, So I'm sure yeah. they have deeply buried some of those records and were not too upset when they got, like, destroyed in a fire or something like that. Right. Yeah. Because, because yeah. kids, if you do history now in eighth grade, at least in North Carolina, and you learn about stuff, until a certain point in the 19th century, you could become white. Right. From the colonial period up by marrying, you just start off with the free people of color and you keep marrying each other, lighter, lighter skinned people. And then eventually you only have like less than one sixteenth of a black ancestry. And all you had to do was move to a new community, set yourself up as white 
do and basically as it's described as it and do white people things and be accepted as such by your community and you were do white. white people things yeah which was <laughs> and they had to find it like you set up a business or something like that or you own a fa- own your farm uh-huh. you work it um you're accepted as white so you can go into white shop or white only shops yeah and if you vote and once especially uh-huh. once you vote once you're on the voting records as voting you're white yeah. So, so I thought of white people stuff like going to brunch. That's what it is now. <laughs> but back until it's, it's not just it's not just going to brunch, but like waiting in line yeah. for brunch. Back until the Civil War, you could you could do this, and families did do this, and yeah. they hid their backgrounds. It was only after that, once we ended slavery and Jim Crow came into being, that's when we did the one drop rule type right. of customs, right. and you were stuck as whatever your ancestor was. Because they didn't want to, like now we had no no way, no weapon to keep people down. So right. they created the American caste system instead. Mm-hmm. And that's when most of the stuff people here think about occurred. Because before then it was more changeable, malleable, yeah, and whatnot. But, yep. but yeah, you can't find stuff. Oh yeah, and that's, you can do other white people stuff problem. like rejecting any equality of ever. Any movement <laughs> toward equality ever. That's also white people, people stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting too equal to us. Let's come up with different families rules. did do that. They did. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Lovely oh, history boy. of America. Like, we do good things and we do bad things. And that's yeah. what people need to remember. That's why they, even though yeah. people joke about the narrative of progress it is, I'm like, no, no, we do improve over time. It right. takes yeah. us a long-ass time, but we have improved very slowly. Yeah. But yeah. it's still better than it was 50 years ago a little bit. Definitely better than things were 100 years ago mm. in yeah. those regards. But it's always a struggle, and that's what people forget too. Like you don't fix things, and it's just fixed forever. You have to keep. It's a, no. always an ongoing process. Fixed forever, as we've seen. Sorry, because people will come up with new <laughs> ways to be assholes to each other. No, you know? sorry, it's fixed. We had a black president. Racism's over. Yeah, <laughs> right. To all you idiots who believe that, you're fucking wrong. You guys brought racism back with Donald Trump. So there you go. Just remember, he's only a symptom. He wasn't the cause. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, he made, he made things okay again that shouldn't have been made okay publicly. Yeah. He let them say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fun times. Yeah. Right. So, Sorry, guys. Octavia Butler, right? Uh-huh. Yes. And like right up front, I'm going to apologize for all the times I accidentally say Octavia Spencer. Like that's just <laughs> oh my, my God. That's just how my I'm sorry. I can't help it. This is how my Butler, brain is like Batrasan. Like Batrasan. Yeah. Uh, so what's everyone's background with her? Obviously, Chris has other Chris has read before. Yep. And as a fan, I am. Regular uh, Chris, have you had any she experience? She has yet? always been kind of around, floating around for me. Mm-hmm. And I've read most of that parable of the sower graphic novel I have. Okay, which, which was pretty good. Nice. Um, but she's always been on that. I don't know enough about her works. Yeah. list and i've always sorry for that because the stuff i have the few things i have read of hers are just like pretty fantastic yeah okay. and are things that i'm like everybody needs to know this yeah, yeah. So, no she like she has a great life story and mm-hmm. you know she was a very fascinating person and i just wish i knew more of her and about her yeah. while she's yeah. still alive you right. know yeah have been a little bit of a fanboy maybe <laughs> Probably would yeah, have had she... a good chance of actually getting to see her in person. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, at an event somewhere. Yep. So, 
just kind of like feeling like I missed out on someone really great. Right. Yeah. She has a, she had a, a, a really like no nonsense personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so like interviews with her were always interesting in that regard. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, she, she spoke her mind as you yeah. would expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, in, in terms of all of her work, like mm-hmm. she didn't shy away from difficult topics as, right. as you're going to see. <laughs> uh, and, but like, like just some other examples, I guess, uh, talking about like, um, uh, like, like fledgling mm-hmm. say, um, mm-hmm. how it kind of indirectly deals with, uh, the sexualization of girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, thinking about, um, uh, the Lilith series, mm-hmm. I, I cannot remember for the life of me, the actual, uh, the name of the series, but, uh, um, Xenogenesis, Xenogenesis. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you, you Octavia Butler.com. I have open on my other window. Yeah, Perfect. so so the the <laughs> Xenogenesis series dealing with like the human relationship to sexuality and mm-hmm. like uh how it actually works in terms of psychology and uh uh genetics and like all of this basically it that has this really deep thing in the first book at least um mm-hmm. it, it the the main sort of uh conflict in that book is is about like sex addiction and yeah. like the betrayal of your species almost mm-hmm. wow and like yeah what is it what is it like to be put into a position where essentially uh you know your your choices are to to lose your humanity or uh have the entirety of your species die oh geez yeah so which which way do you go with that like (laughs) you know do you do you uh do you just up and like let it go yeah yeah or uh do you and and the thing is that like the the way they set it up is like uh the part where you lose your humanity uh actually feels incredible. Mm. So uh <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. yeah. So which which one is it going to be? Is it going to be like the really difficult decision of like no, I I want to maintain my identity or uh are you going to get addicted to alien sex and turn into something else? Hmm. It's it is a uh, tough question. Yeah. It's a conundrum. <laughs> conundrum. Especially um, it feels so great to give up your humanity. Yeah. And and like, you know, it it follows like a a few different characters that are in the same situation and like how they all respond to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Sounds interesting. It, yeah, interesting. It's it's really different and it's really uh like Oh man, it it's uh it's one of her one of her deeper things, I think, that yeah. book. Yeah. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. What I very but, cool. I, but I yeah, think... she she deals with difficult topics. We'll leave yes. it there. 
Yes. <laughs> right. Very much so. Right. Um, so I'm more in the camp with you, Chris, that she's been on my to be read list. To be read list. God damn it. My to read list for a long time. Uh-huh. And uh, I've just not quite gotten around to it, but I've been interested. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize that she only died in like 2006. So yeah, she died the same year. Not terribly long ago. Right. And yeah, that's what I was saying. Like she was born in uh, 47. So she's only like yep. slightly older than my parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. same for me. She's only a couple years older than my mom. Yeah, and was not very old when she passed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, uh, in my research, I found out she was the first science fiction writer to be a MacArthur Fellow. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was born in Pasadena mm-hmm. and raised by her mother. And actually, like, she has not only a kick-ass mom who was really supportive, but also her grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the... born in Louisiana on, like, a plantation right. situation. That her ancestors were probably on. Yeah. Yeah, both of them, her grandma and her mom worked really hard to be able to give her an opportunity to follow her passion of being a writer. So I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It probably... in there influencing her life. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's also another thing that you right. have to look at in her books is that uh, the, the protagonists do tend to be strong black women. Yeah. Yes, they do. And um, it... It says a lot about uh, about our country and our history um, mm-hmm. that uh, publishers would go out of their way to try and hide this fact. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, or that or that editors would say maybe maybe don't talk so much about uh-huh. the race of your main character. Oh yeah. So yep. even so, even if it isn't mentioned, um, like like it is. Uh, like I was saying about the the Lilith series, um, the Xenogenesis, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know if it's actually mentioned in yeah. the book if if the main character is black or not, but she um, should be assumed to be right. right. Like right. Lilith is definitely a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like like they would go as far as like. Uh, Let's maybe not put the main character on the cover, right? <laughs> or yeah, let's uh-huh. let's just not mention the race of the main character oh, because uh, the vast majority of science fiction readers are you know white men. Yeah, and we they don't can't handle that. Away. They can't. No, we're done with that now too. Yeah, I don't have anybody going on like Whoa. Twitter and talking about making characters black. Or God damn it, we're fine with that. Now. <laughs> oh my god, god damn! For those uh, of you far in the future who uh, know us by our masturbatoriums, that's that's an example of early twenty first century sarcasm. There, it was very much a problem. If you found especially us, on Twitter, because you saw our picture in your masturbatorium, right? <laughs> decided yeah. to look us up. Yeah, and if if Elon Musk has destroyed Twitter, uh, Twitter is a, a platform where <laughs> don't don't look it up, don't resurrect it. You don't need don't it. do it. You don't need it. It was a big mistake. It, it was. was. God damn it. So yeah, they talked about how she would have to go with her mom during her uh, cleaning jobs mm-hmm. yeah. into a bunch of different homes at a time where you know segregation was a big deal. So right. we had to see into other other people's lives, basically doing that. Yeah. And how she was uh 
voracious reader of sci-fi from a very young age, mm-hmm. but noticed like not many, not many women in these, right? And like we'll say a simplistic understanding of race, right? Yeah. And what that means. So, mm-hmm. um, she, as young as ten, asked for a typewriter from her mom, so she could start writing, and mm-hmm. uh, like I said, her mom was really encouraging to her at a young age. She's like, yeah, keep at mm-hmm. this. You could be a writer. And she's like, what? Mm-hmm. I can actually do that as a job. But can, it's difficult. Mention, but it's they possible. did mention that her aunt was like, the Negroes can't be writers, though. Like, mom was like, fuck that. They... Yikes. Used like, her... I understand society preventing, but that doesn't mean they can't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's yeah. got a trailblaze, so. Yeah. But her mom, like I said, like used rent money to get her work sent to editors and uh, publishers and. Mm-hmm. Even uh, took some money she was going to have for medical procedures so she could go to writer's workshops and stuff. So, it's pretty awesome. That is yeah. awesome. That is true sacrifice there. Absolutely. Uh, so, she was first published in 1971 in a couple of different anthologies, both for mm-hmm. that, the Clarion workshop um, that her mom sent her to and Arlen Ellison's anthologies. Yep. And a couple like, of the short stories in the collection I have are from that. Yeah. yeah, it 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 it's pretty serious. Uh, Harlan Ellison is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, would have really would have been like a yeah. And and the thing is that like uh, I'm pretty sure Harlan Ellison is like a huge dick. <laughs> so it's like yeah, it says something. Noted <laughs> asshole Harlan Ellison even liked it. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, I'm on my way. Uh, I'm going to be a writer. And then it was five more years before she ever got anything else published. Yeah. Which was her first novel, Pattern Master, which I guess is a series as well. Yep, it yeah. is. Yep. And so she wrote something like 15 novels and even had four more unfinished books, like kind of in the kitty when, when she passed. Yep. Yeah. Um, probably the most well-known ones are, like you mentioned, Parable of the Sower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this one, Kindred. Mm-hmm. But it was noted that she struggled with depression and writer's block in her later years because yeah. of the medication she was on for high blood pressure. So mm-hmm. uh, that's probably why there were four unfinished books at the end. But Yeah. And personal I thought, loss. I thought it was kind of weird that they, in Wikipedia at least, spent a lot of time talking about how she died and whether it was like a stroke or a fall and a head injury or a stroke that caused a fall and a head injury. I'm like... All of the above are possible. <laughs> it's a lot of column inches on that, guys, but... Oh, well, I don't know. Right. I'm look at the Wikipedia one. One so. or other or both are what caused <laughs> that. Well, I'm guessing maybe there was no autopsy, so... I don't know. Because you don't have to do that. We never yeah. did it for... Mom, yeah. We didn't, need, yeah. didn't think we needed to, so... Right. Probably wasn't, like, a conspiracy murder or anything, but... No, uh, no. She left all of her correspondences to the Hunting, Huntington Library, which you can still go and see. So Nice. Pretty cool. Maybe someday I'll do that. Pretty cool. Um, so this book mm-hmm. was published in 79. And like I said, is about a woman who's time jumping from the 70s back to pre-Civil War America. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mention that she was inspired to write this when some young man commented on how much he hated the older generation of African Americans because they were so complicit and like just gave up and became slaves, and I she's like, "How that works? Hey, 
idiot, why don't you go back there and try to handle it? Like, come on. Yeah. What are you going to do if you have to go back? Like, you're talking right. about generations of people who've been terrorized their entire yeah. life, treated yeah. as literal let subhumans. Yeah. Beaten Not the kind submission. of thing where you just be like, oh, actually, I have a note from my doctor that I can't be a slave. Yeah, like, at that point, just surviving is yeah. the biggest F you you can give to a system like that. Right. That you made it longer than they were going to let you live type of deal. Right. You know, and try yeah. to escape if you can, but, like, like you don't think about it. So if anyone who hasn't seen it, you should watch 12 Years a Slave, because it'll really drive home the sheer yeah. horror and terror of living under that system. Right. So, like, it's not something we today can really comprehend for better or worse, because yeah. we don't have anything like that that we experience, yeah. thankfully. And yeah. uh, Are you listening, you, Kanye? Yeah. Like, you, can't, <laughs> you can't really say that about people back then, right. just trying to exist under that. And and they did do whatever they could at any moment to, like, sabotage the system yeah. and things like that, or, like, work a little slower if they could, like, just to make shit a little, give a little more breathing room just for being. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, and you another... Like another another like fine point, I guess. Uh, speaking to that is, uh, uh, like white people saying, "Oh, if if I existed back then, surely I would have been an abolitionist." Uh huh. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Sorry. Like you uh, may you not have hated black people vehemently, but you would not. Chances are, you would not have been an. You just Chances not are even you wouldn't about have it. risked your, your life and your uh, yeah. reputation. That's why it was um, so radical to be an abolitionist. Right. Because yeah. like, most people weren't doing it. So They might not be like, I'm going to buy a slave. They're like, whatever, let them, people want to do that, that's fine. Right. You know, doesn't yeah, affect me look, over here in Nebraska or wherever. Yeah, look at people know. now who are like, I don't want you to even teach about slavery in school because that hurts my fifis. Oh, like, good, your fifis should get hurt. <laughs> Yeah. We need to yeah. understand that we did this. Like, or being yep. like, I'm not racist because I've never called anyone the N-word. I'm like, Great, you shouldn't. That's kind of the bare minimum, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you but do you say anyway. things like, oh, we don't want certain elements moving into our neighborhood? Right. Like, that's exactly. racist, kids. Yeah. And it's okay if you didn't know that growing up hearing that, but you know it now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because I heard people talk like that when I was a kid. I didn't really know what, think about yeah. it much, but. Now I know. Yeah. You know? There's yeah. code, guys. Well, you know, I'm code sure ways to keep talking about it. I'm sure there's plenty of people who have a relative that's like, oh, a lot of blacks in this neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> mine was, oh my god. <laughs> lived in Rochester and mine was there's too many Arabs here now. Like yeah, oh, they wow. live everywhere, guys. Like Yeah, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> like Yeah, it happens. It's more subtle, but I'm like, well that's why folks St. Louis doesn't have a metro link going out west. Yeah. Through well, the cause, county, because you know, they didn't want, want the certain elements coming in. criminals being able to ride in and steal their TVs and <laughs> walk on the <laughs> metro with back. them and take them back. So I always thought that argument was very funny. It, it's hilarious because it's you're just going to sit on the metro for like 18 yeah, stops with a TV <laughs> under your arm. Yeah, and no <laughs> one's going to say anything or stop you. Or when the cop gets on to check shit, they're not going to ask you about it. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. We don't want yeah, to make it easy to get into them. our neighborhood. Yeah. But then we're going to complain too. When, store. But then we're going to complain too when the people we're paying to come mow our lawns and clean our houses can't mm-hmm. get here on time because it takes two and a half hours to ride the bus out there. Yeah. Oh, so 
Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That so, case is systemic racism. Yeah. Even if you're not directly no, whoa, whoa, involved whoa, whoa, whoa. in doing shit. Whoa, wait, hold that's on. What are, that you talking, are you talking about critical race theory? Because, like, I can't have that. No. I can't hear that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Sorry. Critical race theory is a very specific judicial theory taught in law school. No. Sorry. This is about systemic racism and systems that keep things going. Even if the people oh, involved yeah. in them aren't directly doing it, the way it's been set up for generations and has operated continues these things regardless. Yep. So I'm sorry. I misspoke. You're you're being woke when you're talking about racial <laughs> inequity. Oh, God, now you're woke. Sorry. Can we can we oh, stop okay. saying sorry. woke? <laughs> you go woke, you go broke, guys. No, I'm 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 done. And so with we're that broke word. now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, future. These are incredibly stupid debates we have to have right now. Yeah. So in 2023, America. Calling it a debate is generous. It's not even a debate. That is pretty generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stupid people having stupid tantrums. it's just clowns showing up at school board meetings shouting about nonsense yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i just anyway, thought of literal clowns yeah that would make it better that would improve it <laughs> basically the same thing i think but yeah this I book go was, to them. was good yeah <laughs> apparently apparently it was very a good critical yeah. reception yeah and sold yep. four hundred and fifty thousand copies so mm-hmm. Well, pretty good for 1979 into the 80s. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, and now it's a TV show. Yeah. It is. Woo! First big adaptation that hopefully is doing well. I haven't read uh, anything about it or tried to listen because I don't want to know details. But I, yep, I hope it does well enough to get more done. Only thing I know is that it is out already. Right, it came out mm-hmm. in December on Hulu. Yep. And there's eight episodes, and it covers the first three chapters of the book. They're going to go slow then. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll make more. Yeah. The plan so is to nice. make more, but they have not confirmed yet if there's going to be a second season and what with all the shenanigans and streaming these days, who the hell knows? Right. Yeah. But. Uh, well, Jeff Bezos, pick it up. <laughs> make your new Amazon board head, pick it up. That's all I can say. Save another show if need be. It might Let's be fine, it. but if need be, you be there it. in the wings waiting. It'll help rehab your image a little bit. A little. Just a bit. <laughs> if they can afford anything after the Rings of Power, let's let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yep. Um, so the book is like not super long, uh but it doesn't divide exactly in half. So like right. the place where it would fall into two pieces is right in the middle of what, chapter four. Mm-hmm. Which is like a fourth of the whole book is chapter four. Hmm. so i think we can divide it in two but that means the first half is like 100 pages and the second half is like 160 so it'll be a little unequal but it doesn't seem like the kind you can just cut a chapter in half okay so, yeah that doesn't bother me so i'll try to make first it work reading assignment then is to read through the what is this third chapter okay. the fall mm. and stop when you get to the fight Oh, the fight! Don't read that though. Don't do. Yeah, it. don't don't read it. You'll spoil yourself. Oh my god! <laughs> I will say this is uh, this is one that'll keep you reading. Cool. So that is good. That's what made that reading uh, good. Electric sheep so easy. 
Yeah. Well, it's good, except then I'm going to be annoyed when I have to stop. We have to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to pretend. Just skip ahead a bit. It. You don't have to tell us. Yeah. Just keep going a little while, and then you have less to read for the next chunk. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else we should mention about this book or this author? Just that she, due to her writing and characters and stuff, is considered like the founder or a founder of modern Afrofuturism, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is important for not only science fiction but other art genres and movies and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Fair, very fair. And it's it's important stuff to have in a culture. Yes, I think. Get yeah. other people's stories in there rooted in other mythologies. Yeah, whatnot, absolutely. So. Yeah, totally agree. The it more helps me learn about stuff because I know woefully little about like traditional African beliefs and cultures and societies, yeah. let alone like how the peoples who are part of them now would like envision a future for them rooted in right. those things. Right. And like, and I still got, I like, we all got the good history education in school, but it just barely scratched the surface on a lot of those. Yeah. So for me, that is a place that I still have like big knowledge gaps in. And some of that's on purpose too, from the hundreds of years of European colonialism, like they specifically essentially buried the history and archaeology and the discoveries and Mm -hmm. yeah tout findings and like oh these primitive peoples can't do that so it must have been atlanteans or something like that you know <laughs> seriously you go to the 19th yeah. century that's some of the stuff like for great zimbabwe and all those discoveries are like oh this wasn't these africans couldn't oh, be geez. they're primitives i'm like but you guys have like ruined it for the rest of us yeah like we it's harder to learn about this stuff because you broke it all up and just you know didn't take care of it right yeah so big gaps that I wish I didn't have. And yep. I just haven't really bothered to learn about it, and that's on me. Because there's stuff out there. There's books. Like, I've always yep. been interested in, like, Mali, the ancient Mali kingdom. Maybe oh. Benin. Like, we hear about the return of the Benin bronzes from some yeah. of the museums in Europe, which, like, that was just, like, 130 years ago that that was done. This whole right. great culture and civilization destroyed, you know, yes. by the British for colon- colonial reasons and money. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just, they just totally destroyed their history keeping because that's what these bronzes were. They right. represented the kings they had in their history and their development and all that stuff. And they just broke them up, the dis- broke up the displays, didn't record how they were positioned, lost all this knowledge because of that. Because that's how they, since they were more of an oral history culture, that's how they remembered it. It's like you had right. these bronzes and these artwork as examples to help the storytelling and just destroyed it all, you know. Yep. So that's something I need to need to fix. Well, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. I was thinking about that as well. Like we know so much about like Egyptian mythology and stuff because they wrote right. it down, but we didn't really have a method for. Well, how do we? Who cares about recording this oral tradition and stories that way? That's hard. Right. Yeah, and they're from those primitive peoples, so what do they know? Right. I'm like, right. a lot, <laughs> actually. Yeah. It was like... About the place that you're in that you don't know anything about, because you're not from there. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, and uh, really, my only background in it is it is a little bit that I know about Anansi stories. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those are really interesting and fun, so... Yeah. Yeah. They're really old. Yeah. You know? 
They go back yeah. thousands of years. Yep. For different influences and different phases. So. Right. Right. But that's like that's like I said, barely even scratching the surface. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. Fun times. Yes. Um, do you guys have anything else that's good that you want to mention? No, my biggest thing is you know the coin, the recent coin. Ooh, the coins. <laughs> yeah, send me pictures. Yeah, yeah. All Let's that take this stuff. back to our roots. Let's talk about some ancient coins. Good old Edward VIII. That's not so ancient, but it was fun. I posted that on the coin subreddit, and this other guy's like, oh, here's, here's the ones I got. He's like, very nice. I've got like the other two that exist, other types, because there was a, a Fiji penny and some other one. Yeah. So, yeah, there weren't that many colonial pieces that did Edward VIII, but there were a few. Yeah. So, and I have one of the more interesting ones, apparently, the British West Africa. Yes. So, but that's with a, fun to get with a not star of David on it. Correct. But it looks like one. Exactly like one. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just because it's the ancient symbol. It's shared. Yeah. Throughout the Middle East, so any culture rooted in Middle Eastern culture has it. Yeah. Same with the the hand, the stylized mm-hmm. hand, because they're called different mm-hmm. things. We call them the Hamsa. It's the hand of God, the hand of Fatima, the hand of Mary, stuff like that, depending on the more modern pickup of it. But it goes back to like super ancient times. Yeah. You know, so it's neat to see how they get carried forward because they're just such an important symbol in that region that as new religions arise, like we'll just fold it into us. Yeah. And then we have it. But yeah, in North Africa, especially on that Western end, there's a lot of use of the six pointed star and other kind of stars. Right. And whatnot. So it gets shared around a lot, especially from like Morocco and the Berber areas. Yeah. And this stuff, kids, if you don't know your maps, British West Africa is all that stuff south of the Sahara, south of that. So like Nigeria, <laughs> parts of Ghana, mm-hmm. those kind of places. That was where they had that colony originally that then got folded into other ones, but they kept the British West African pound as like a united, like a euro for those colonies. Yeah. So, so in 1936, there was no actual British West Africa. It was just used in like Nigeria and other other ones that were part of it at one point in time. So, which I thought was interesting because it's kind of confusing. But I'd have to check on the eastern side because I know British East. There was the British East Africa pound too, that I usually associate with Kenya because it was used there. But I would have to check and see if it's used in some of the other ones too, like Uganda and those places. So they don't have to make individual ones for all those countries, just like a grouping of them. Yeah. So, but they did that. It's useful. Because I read, especially in the British West Africa case, they did, they were shipping just regular, like, pennies and pence and stuff from, from the UK for a bit. But those kept getting essentially taken out of circulation and sent back to the UK through buying stuff and whatnot. Which is what happened in America when we were a colony. We didn't have any coins. Because they just wouldn't stay here long enough. We weren't allowed to use silver for some strange what about, reason. What about wooden nickels? That was in the 19th. So that was out west. Oh, okay. But <laughs> so they've learned that if they make coins that say like the colony it's from or the region, uh-huh. even though it's the same denomination, like stores aren't going to accept that in the UK. So if it got mm-hmm. shipped back, it wouldn't be useful. Right. So that way, it stayed in the colony, and they avoided having the money problems they had earlier with us and earlier colonies who just had no money because they wouldn't. They would whatever little coins we got would immediately get sent back because we bought something, you know? Yeah. And that's why we had, that's why we used Spanish money, Spanish yeah. colonial money in our transactions. Yeah. Cause we just didn't have any British ones. Hmm. So and they're like, maybe we shouldn't do it that way anymore. 
Like, yeah, not, not very good for these colonies you're setting up for people to like go live in if they don't have any money. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was a way to control that, and I'm like, that's an interesting solution. Yeah. It makes it fun for collecting because then you have different, cool different places. Say British what's it's British what and what, you know. British flex changes in the British history. what and what. Yeah. Because some like like South Africa, once they made their coins, always just said South Africa. Even though it was like British, Hong Kong was the same. You had a the Queen and then the King on one side, and on the back side it said it had a, the denomination in Hong Kong and Chinese and English. Hmm. So interesting coins, multi-purpose. Yeah. So <laughs> coins, <laughs> and I don't have any uh, ancient ones yet as of now. Well, get on it. Yeah, Jesus. Well, I'm getting to the point. I'm like, should I now. save my gotta... money, which I probably should, and start getting like the really interesting stuff that I want? Like, I want an Athenian tetradrachm with the owl on it and the Athena on one side. Yeah. Like, yeah, super classic example of coinage. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're like eight hundred dollars for an affordable one. <laughs> so I'm like, I do want to get one. That's just kind of a, a time. And savings commitment to make. Maybe just low. just go to Greece and start digging. They generally <laughs> frown on that. That's yeah. Like I, I'm okay to get a permit and dig, but then I have to give it to the government. Uh, so I can't keep it. I have to buy one that's already out. If you find two, what if? Or just what if you only found uh, one and turn the one in? They've got good. Uh, I have no way to get it home because they have good screening technology to see through my bags. What if um, you buy some land? You still have to turn it over. Could, oh, you, you do? buy land for $800? Probably not. Oh. No, you not still have to turn it over can, fines. Most of those countries have... You can own a square have... foot of Greece if you pay no. 800 <laughs> Yeah, most <laughs> of the countries with antiquities like that, the, especially in the last 50 to 30 years, changed their laws. Yeah. So anything yeah. older than 1500 automatically belongs to the government no matter what. Wow. And you have to turn it over or face steep fines or jail time. I mean, that makes sense. The right. British have the most conciliatory system. You still have to report it and turn it over to local like archaeology history department. Yeah. And they'll hold on to it for a bit, and they appraise it and whatnot. And then you get the money of the value from the appraisal. Or if they have enough, they might just give it back to you and be like, here you go. Yeah. You can have it. You know, yeah. we don't need it. But... Man, that's, that's they're the most conciliatory one like because they want people because i learned they rely a lot on hobbyists and people yes, out in the countryside to, they do to make discoveries because usually uh-huh. if you're finding because metal detects is really big so if you find like a few roman denarii uh-huh. there's a chance there's a horde there uh-huh. so they want you to report hey i was out detecting i found these coins here's where it is and it goes on a list and then they mm-hmm. send people out to investigate later See yeah. if there's a horde there, because if there's a horde there, it's either someone buried it fleeing a war, or who knows, maybe there's a, a villa under the ground there. We don't know. Right. So it's a good marker of there's stuff here, and they don't want people to loot it instead, because then you loot it, you destroy all the value and the knowledge. Exactly. So they'd rather just people go, hey, look, I found something cool, and report it, and then they get paid for it, or, or get to keep it, and then they can actually find the actual history that's there and right. make it benefit public. Mm-hmm. Italy and Greece trying to do the same thing, just maybe not as many of the resources because yeah. Italy and Greece, because the, the British took them all. No, they're just 
I'm sorry, Italy and Greece. Back your in governments the day, are te- they your took governments them are terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> they just are. Like my mom even well, commented on that when she lived in Italy 50 years there ago. There goes your visa terrible application to Greece. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, lovely places, wonderful people, awesome shit to see. Yeah. Greece's government's been better in the last few years, but I mean, they're just not known for yet for good yeah. stability. But that can change. Yeah. You know, that changes. Everyone's different. Everyone goes through different growing pains. So I just don't think they have all the funds and the personnel to, like, do the same stuff the way the British do. So they just mm. they just collect it instead before any more damage is done, so to speak. Gotcha. But a lot of these governments, then they will sell the surplus out into the official, like, coin sales world. Because mm. they're finding new hordes and stuff all the time, for the, especially for the Athenian ones. And that's how we mm. get them out and... People are able to buy them and stuff like that. I guess that makes and, sense. And whatnot. So some from Greece and others from places where there were Greek peoples but aren't anymore. Yeah. So, but I would yeah. like to get one of those just because it's such a classic of coinage. Yeah, and so it I sounds might cool. Start doing that. It does. I yeah. might have to start saving up for that, and then I feel like, look, guys, it's or like one alternate of the suggestion: pieces. a heist. <laughs> Ooh. Well, it's not I'm, really worth stealing. We could organize over. a heist. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they are common. There's enough of them out there to buy that you don't really need to do that. <laughs> but it's cheaper to steal it. <laughs> and you can yeah, make a cool movie about it. Just have to we'll find an make asshole a movie that no one about likes it, just that not has actually one. do it. <laughs> yeah. Make a movie about like it and then take the idea. prop home. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, take the prop Get home. the good replica. <laughs> there you go. So. No one will know. I wouldn't I know. Fr- I got a good replica over the holidays that was given to me of a... Siculo Punic style tetradrachm. Of course. Nice. So from the uh, Carthaginians on on uh, Sicily. Ah. Hmm. So it's it's really Lovely. nice. It's made out of pewter, but it also looks like it's silver. Lovely. Whatnot. So that's another way too for folks if we can't afford the actual ancient ones is to get replicas. find the people who make really good replicas, and you can yeah. get a replica. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And then just save your money for the future and get a real one at some point. <laughs> so. Yeah. It works, works out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a fan, like, some collectors, we talk about in the collecting world, like, would you ever buy a replica? I'm like, I do have some replicas. Yeah. Like, you get a really nice replica, and it looks fine in a collection. Like, no yeah. one's passing it off as the real thing. Yeah. But it helps fill a gap, or that's also the one you don't mind people handling and passing around and stuff like that either. <laughs> yeah. You know? You can like, still teach them place. about the coin, even if yeah. not the real thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they have a good place, in, I think, in any collection for those purposes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So that is uh, many things that are good. Yes. Many things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other Chris, do you have anything you want to throw in? Oh my God. I'm I'm trying to remember if, if I talked about this manga, Comey can't communicate. I uh, think so. No. I don't no? think you oh, brought I think it up. You, I think it has been brought up. At least. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> go ahead anyway yeah yeah uh okay so uh it it's a manga it's yeah. about um comey yes it's about comey <laughs> um and uh comey has like some kind of severe uh social anxiety mm-hmm. and like can't speak to people mm-hmm. um she like really wants to be friends with everybody and like participate in things, mm-hmm. uh, but she's completely unable to. 
Mm. Right. And uh, basically, it's about it's about her and her classmate, who's uh, like hilariously named Tadano. Yeah. <laughs> like like just regular average guy, and his superpower <laughs> is uh, being able to read the room. Yeah. And so he's he's almost like telepathic in terms of like Ooh. reading people's body language and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of that stems from like some middle school trauma that he had. Oh gosh. <laughs> he's like I'm going to I'm going to do my absolute best not to like stand out and not to have people notice me uh-huh. Uh-huh. and not to do anything wrong. Yeah. And so like yeah, basically he's he's like become adept at learning uh like what the situation is and what the right and wrong thing to do in a situation is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and so because because he's like this very observant person, like he's the only person that gets that uh uh Komi is actually having trouble. Mm-hmm. Everyone else thinks that she's just like above it all and that's right. the reason she doesn't talk to anybody uh-huh. right so you know she's she's like kind of uh snobby or something mm-hmm. and and so like he he kind of makes it his personal mission to help her make friends right and right. they have a you know a cast of like colorful uh high school students with like different weird personality traits mm-hmm. right and it's yeah, it's about her process of like making friends with all of these people. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I'll throw in there. I fucking love Comey can't communicate. Oh like, yeah, I haven't read all of them yet, but like at least the first twenty or so. Yeah. So yeah, I can co-sign it's, this recommendation. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Very good. Uh, I always like it when she randomly has cat ears. Yeah. When she's excited about stuff. <laughs> there was there was one incredible joke in this uh like not too long ago in mm-hmm. one of the chapters I was reading um uh where where they're talking about anxiety and like the type of anxious person that thinks about shit and then can't fall asleep mm-hmm. and like oh why did I do that yeah and and one of the things one of the things that she had uh in her like thinking about stuff and not being able to fall asleep because of some stupid mistake she made during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, one of them was, was like, why do I have cat ears? <laughs> like, yes, she's why? like remembering something that happened during the day. And yeah, uh-huh. she's drawn with cat ears. And then yeah. her internal monologue is, <laughs> why, why do I happen? have cat ears? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. So embarrassing. Yeah. It is it is a frequently very cute. Yes. Sounds like it. Uh I really liked when uh she accidentally calls Tadano on the phone <laughs> and then has to roll around in her bed after <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> very cute very cute. Um and the the anime is pretty good too. Yeah. It uh plays up some of the uh ridiculous things a little more, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. On Netflix. I've I've not seen the anime, but yep. I'm gonna check it out eventually. Yeah. Um, so the thing I was gonna mention is uh, a comic I picked up when I was in St. Louis called "Are You Listening" by Tilly Walden. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've mentioned another one of her books before on a podcast called "On a Sunbeam," 
mm-hmm. which was a little more sci-fi than this one. Like the the idea here is like um, basically a runaway teen that is joining on uh, this one lady's road trip to McKinney, Texas. Um, well, she's going past there, but you know, going to someplace in Texas, and then it's just kind of like a, a road story. Mm-hmm. the two of them where you know they have a road trip and talk to each other and uh find this random cat that seems to be lost and they have to return him to return her to west texas but oh, you know mm-hmm. it's kind of the classic exploration of the characters that way uh, yeah. and has kind of a magical realism quality so while they are returning this cat and going on a road trip they're approached by like weird ghost-like highwaymen who are very interested in picking up this cat oh. uh but it uh it's it's really cool and i don't know if you should i should say much more than that about it but mm-hmm. um, okay. like she is really good at that kind of a story where it's like uh slowly exploring people's past traumas and mm-hmm. uh putting it in a semi-realistic setting at least so uh I'll I'll probably write a little more about it and make a blog post, but uh, uh, I'm quickly becoming a big fan of hers. Cool. Um, she I also picked up one, not realizing uh, what it was called Clementine, mm-hmm. just because it was by her, and found out it's like a standalone uh, Walking Dead. Oh, is that Clementine about Clementine? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but kind of made sense why she did it because it was a similar sort of like her on her own like trying to find a new place to live yeah. road trip type of thing with some Amish kid in that one. Okay. It was also really good but uh, that's, that's like it. it. Uh, also got you know zombies and shit so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes. Yeah. Are You Listening was really good. And On a Sunbeam is really good too. So. Cool. All right. Recommendations from me. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, Danielle's yelling at me because we got to go to meet my parents for lunch. So I'm oh. going to hit stop. Oh. All right. Alrighty. I guess you could still eat lunch there. Okay. That was our session for today. Homework reminder if you're going to read along, and you should, is to read the prelude and the first three chapters. So everything up until the fight. When you see that chapter heading, you can stop reading, at least if you want to be spoiler free for next time. But we won't hold it against you if you just keep going. Also, this is where we would usually do our on second thoughts section, but I'm going to co-opt it this time to say the following. Usually here on RTFB, we do try to include trigger warnings when the book we're reading goes into areas that we expect might be troubling for people. And just like we did with Dragon Tattoo, we could probably just issue a blanket warning here for, you know, most of this book. This is probably not a spoiler that this book about slavery goes into some topics that are going to be tough. Concepts of violence against women, rape, justifying rape, selling humans, and treating them as less important than the furniture in your house, just to name a few. It's going to be tough, and Octavia Butler is going to go there maybe more quickly and casually than you would expect. So if you need to mentally prepare yourself, please be ready. And let me reassure you that the journey is worth it. Don't be ashamed if you need to do this in chunks to process the shit we're about to get into. But also, remember that despite the time travel aspect, this is the kind of thing that 
real, actual human beings really actually had to deal with. And it's exactly the kind of thing some people are trying to remove from history classrooms now. Because, I don't know, they don't want to have to process generational guilt because it hurts their fucking feelings. I don't know. So yeah, let me cut off a full-blown soapbox moment and just say, trauma doesn't get better. It doesn't go away if you just ignore it. And this book isn't just torture and misery. There's a lot of value, a lot of insight into human nature, and topics that are still just as applicable today. So again, I hope you read along with all the books we do, but this one especially so. Today's episode was already cancelled by Hulu with thanks to Chris Chris Ham, Chris Other Chris Jacobson. It was edited by me, Travis Rowe, and was sponsored by no one in particular. Until next time, keep fucking reading. I've noticed something recently, mm-hmm. uh, personal insight, that because I don't drive places anymore, really, I've transferred my road rage onto the people that live in my house. Oh, oh. Okay. like, like, fuck, fucker, like, I'm walking through the kitchen, get out of my way, like, I was gonna walk <laughs> through here. You, you should not do that to the people in your house. How dare you go where I was gonna go when you had no idea I was gonna go there, asshole, like, use your turn signal. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't I think help maybe that you I live with start small driving people. daily just to get that out. Who are oblivious to that kind of thing anyway, but Yeah. But yeah. It's uh it annoys me more than it should. It's an irrational anger I've got. Yeah. Yeah, just uh take a break at like five and go drive on the highway, <laughs> man, get it all out. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Be angry at the right people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Assholes in cars. Yeah. No, uh, you should you should uh, take your kids out to do bumper cars. That's what oh, you should do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. And, smack and right into just, them. Yeah, mm-hmm. just fuck them up. And then they can get mad at you and smack into you, too. So. Right. That, that seems teach more them, healthy. Teach them the right way. It seems way more healthy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>